Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. I have done some podcast episodes in the past about food allergies and diet trials and you know what diets to pick and how to communicate with owners and I just want to do a refresher about some tips of you know food allergy that talk and kind of really breaking down the barriers with owners who maybe feel like are going to be hesitant to switching foods or doing particular foods trials that you want to use and I say this because I've been asked lots of questions about this and I've done a lot of lecturing, you know, spring tis the season for allergies. So lots of itchy dog, itchy cat lectures. And I get asked, how do you get them to do it? How do you approach the food allergy talk? So I wanted to give some of my top tricks to breaking down the barriers and not being so nervous about the diet trial talk. And let me preface this with saying that even as a specialist, I don't love this talk (laughs) because it is, it is really something that can be difficult to talk to owners about and it's a lot of communicating and in the end there are just some owners you will not win with and I have had some owners that I do not win with and they just won't listen to me when it comes to diet trials and what foods I recommend because you know I want to recommend diets that are prescription based that um, have research to back them up, you know, whether it's hydrolyzed diets, whether it's novel protein diets, you know, through companies that I know do testing, have cleaning protocols that give me the confidence that we are going to be able to answer yes or no at the end. So, you know, Hills Diets, Royal Canin Diets, Purina Diets, there is a company called Rain, there is Blue, All of these diets that have research and nutritionists and and dermatologists involved with creating them, but there are just some owners you won't win with. So let's just know that just like flea control, sometimes we are not going to win the battle, but I think there's tips we can do to make the battle easier and to overcome some barriers in most of our cases. So just realize that this is a very, very, very common hesitation for owners, Food is something that is really emotional. And so when I think about going into a food conversation, you know, it's always important what I say, and this goes for flea control and kind of management with allergies in general. Be on the offensive, not the defensive. It's really easy to see what an owner feeds, whether it's a brand that we are not, you're particularly not a fan of, whether it's raw, whether it's just something that you have a preconceived notion about. All, you know, defensive to say, is to say, oh, this conversation is going to suck. They're not going to change their mind. I can't believe that they'd feed that. They're not going to listen to me. Offensive is they are trying their best. I am going to go in and give them the information I have, you know, whether they're going to take it or not. Intentions are good. Trying their best, you know, believing they're helping. Let's see where the conversation can go. And that's really going to shift your mindset, honestly, when you go into this discussion. If you go, even if it's not what you agree with, if you go into it thinking 
the intentions are good. We're trying our best. You guys, there's a lot of good marketing out there. There's, it's really easy to go online to find, to find support systems that say one thing. And there's so many opinions about food. So just realize that most owners are trying their best and food is very emotional. But food is a way that as owners, you know, we show affection and nurturing. It's like feeding your child. It's your fur child that you're nurturing. You are selecting, they have to eat. You're selecting the food that they eat. So when we go in and start to suggest that the food could be the culprit, could be the reason that all of their, you know, all of their are part of the problems that their pet's showing could be related to something they chose to give or they're feeding their pet, that leads to guilt and owners becoming very guarded, like they did something wrong. So go into it just think, having that mindset and thinking that. So what I like to do is when I know I'm going to go into a food conversation, I just put it out there. I know food can be a sensitive subject and I understand that you're going to get a lot of different opinions about food, even between veterinarians, you know, or between marketing online or the someone who works at a pet store or a friend you have. I want to tell you my thoughts about food allergies in a diet trial, what I consider a good diet trial. But in the end, we are going to do whatever you feel comfortable with. Personally for me, I have found that approach shows owners that they have the ultimate choice of what they're going to do with their pet. It takes that shield down a bit and they're going to be more open to receiving the information, even if at the end, they don't elect to do it. And that happens, right? Like I've had people kind of say like, I hear you. However, I don't want to change the food, but we do it in a nice civil way. And I'm like, okay, well, if we don't get where we want to go, just remember, we may come back to that. So I think it's just really important to give them an out, give them a choice, even if they're not going to end up taking a recommendation. It just ends up being a, a better conversation implants the seed that if things don't go well and you know, with their plan, that we will come back to addressing that. And I have had owners do that. I have had owners where a couple different rechecks, I mentioned, you know, I'm still worried about the food. I'm still worried about the food. And then eventually owners are like, okay, okay. Like you've earned my trust. You've brought it up, but in a nice way, let's try it. So I think that that can really help and make it not so daunting. Make sure they also understand an elimination diet trial is a diagnostic test. It's a diagnostic test. You know, people think, oh, we're just changing food. You just want me on this expensive food because you're going to make money off of it. Um, if you really reiterate the fact that this is a diagnostic test, what I tell owners is give me eight weeks. Give me eight weeks. You know, I find a diet they feel comfortable with. So whether I love hydrolyzed diets, so whether it's, you know, Royal Canin HP, Prina HA, I usually have a vegetarian option, Royal Canin Altamino, there's Blue HF, which is hydrolyzed fish. Um, you know, there's lots of options out there for hydrolyzed. Some owners, if you explain what hydrolyzed is, they just don't like the idea of it. Like they really don't want to feed hydrolyzed diet. Um, so for me, then I will go on a novel protein and we'll talk about it. You just have to get, I think novel protein can still be great, but you just have to really get the dog's complete history. And sometimes that's hard to know every single protein the pet's ever had. Um, you know, what if they're adopted and you don't know what they ate the first couple of years of their life? 
But, you know, sometimes if they feel better with novel protein or they need a canned version and we've had to deal with a lot of back order just like everyone else through COVID, then we will talk about novel protein. And then there's lots of options between all of the companies. You know, there's kangaroo, there is uh, rabbit, there's plant-based diets. So there's lots of options out there. There's alligator diets. So between all the companies, there's lots of options out there. But just make sure owners know what the food is, find something they feel comfortable with, see if they need something like a canned, and work with them to know it's eight weeks. Educate them on what strict looks like, what that means, so we don't waste those eight weeks. And then what I tell them is if we challenge the food, and we find out your pet's food allergic. To me, that eight weeks is to answer yes or no. So when I challenge the diet at the end of eight weeks, I want them to do it with the old food the pet was on. Don't just put a little bit of chicken on the food because what if the pet's not chicken allergic? You know, use that food that they were having problems with before and challenge them. So ideally, antipyretics, we would be off of them. We mix in that old food with the diet trial food at eight weeks and we watch you know, for a few days up to a week to see if the symptoms return. What I tell owners is even if we do identify, so that's yes or no. Then if we really wanna dive into individual ingredient challenges, we can absolutely do that. Um, you know, If they, we've confirmed they're food allergic and you do not wanna feed this food for the rest of the pet's life, we can always look for alternatives, but at least we know. Again, it gives the owners options. It gives them an out. People don't want to feel trapped with things like diet. So I say, give us eight weeks. Let's just find out if it matters for the dog's cat's symptoms. If it does, we can still look at other alternatives, but then we know it matters. And then we could decide from there. And honestly, most of the time, if they have a food allergy and they have done well, most owners want to stay on the food because they've seen how well they can do. But we have options of other things we can do, but it's just those eight weeks answering yes or no, food matters, and then we can move on from there. Um, so I hope that helps. These are just tips of things that I have found can be really useful in breaking down barriers for owners, giving them those outs, giving them options, you know, being gentle with the conversation, knowing that they're coming from a place of love. There's lots of information out there. There's lots of marketing out there. So we want to make sure that we stay grounded as a trusted source of, you know, medical knowledge for them. And even though food allergy is not my most favorite conversation ever because I get some of the same um, you know, hesitations you guys do, I have found that it's made it a lot less daunting and I don't dread that conversation like I once did. So I hope that helps. Let me know what your thoughts are on this topic.